Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this um, evening and the opportunity to gather together and to share your word, to you know, fellowship with one another, even though virtually. We are grateful for your help, and we thank you, Lord, for all that you are set to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because as we start a new um, conversation today, thank you because your spirit teaches us all things and lead, leads us into the experience of what your word talks about. So you be all the praise and all the glory, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Okay, good evening one more time. And um, just like we had already advertised, right, today we are looking at, um, we're starting a new study and want to look at the peace of God. Um, in Hebrew, it's called Shalom, right? So we just decided to use that. But basically, we're talking about the peace of God. Um, the topic is Shalom, right? The peace of God, experiencing experiencing um, the peace of God, experiencing the peace of God. Um, let us start reading from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. That's actually our anchor text. So if you can read for us, I would, someone can read for us on Zoom, I'll be grateful. Philippians chapter 6 and verse 4. I'm sorry, chapter 4 rather. Yeah, chapter chapter. Chapter 4, verse 6, sorry. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Please, anybody on Zoom can go ahead and read for us. Somebody helping us, Philip. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 7. No volunteer on Zoom. Philippians Okay, thank you. Yes, go ahead. Okay, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So, these are anchor scripture and I, I'm even up till when we just before we started, I was thinking about the scripture and it still blesses my heart every single time. Of course, every part of the Bible you know, blesses my heart. But just thinking about the fact that um, Apostle Paul here says, be, don't be anxious about anything. Meaning there is no, and this is a very powerful statement, there is no valid reason on earth that should make you anxious. So what that is saying is that even if, tomorrow someone's house rent is due and the person doesn't know where the rent will come from. Um, what Paul here is saying that it is still not enough reason to, for you to be anxious. If somebody has an ailment that there is no medical, no, no known medical cure to, Apostle Paul still says that that's not enough reason for you to be anxious. That don't be anxious about any single thing. The way um, King James Version puts it, it says, be careful about nothing. Be careful for nothing. And of course, it doesn't mean you should be a careless person. Just the word careful is an old um, English word that means anxious, like um, other translations put it. So it says, don't be anxious about anything. And it's a very bold statement to make because like there are legit things that should make you worry. There are legit things that should make you anxious. But Apostle Paul here is saying that none of those reasons from God's perspective is sufficient enough to um, 
to permit anxiety in your life or to permit the experience of worry or, or you being anxious. And then if that is the case, then we really need to find out why. Um, what, what, why shouldn't we be anxious? So, but let's continue. He goes on to say that, so, you know, he says, don't be anxious, right? Um, in the place of anxiety, what then should you do? And tells us, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, some other translations say by prayer and petition, um, he says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. What that means is that the very thing that you should have been worrying about or the very thing that you should have been anxious about is that same thing that should propel you to the place of prayer. And this is why, in from God's perspective, there's no reason for you to be anxious because what should make you anxious or what should make you worry should rather be converted to a, to a prayer point or a prayer project or to be a basis for you to uh, seek the face of God concerning it. And when you seek the face of God concerning it, that experience of worry would ultimately um, fade away, would ultimately vanish. And so Paul says, don't, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And this is fantastic. And I believe a lot of us are, all, a lot of people are already practicing this, where instead of, you know, worrying, they go ahead and pray about things, okay? And um, they take their prayer points to God. And, you know, when we take our, our prayers to God, then the Bible says that he would answer us. All right, let me make a detour here to just read um, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, I believe. I just want to show you something. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Look at what he says, 14 and 15. He says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that's in Jesus Christ, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. In essence, what the Bible is saying that whatever you ask according to God's will, you are guaranteed that you have that request. But, the, but if I ask you now and say, oh, what was the last thing you prayed about? Maybe you say, um, I prayed about, uh, I prayed for a new job, for instance. And then I ask, okay, has, has your prayer been answered? You'd be like, mm, well, you know, you speak in faith. I, I know you, you are very you are Christian. You speak in faith and say, well, by faith, I believe it has been answered. But what you are really trying to tell me is that, no, it, the answer has not yet come. But the Bible says, if you ask anything according to his will, then he hears you. And for many of us, it's not even the question of whether it's the will of God um, or not. We already know the will of God and we've made the request, but it seems as though the answer has not come, okay? And this is something we should really take note of because the way God answers us many times isn't the way we expect the answer to come. So what I mean is, of course, someone who's praying for a new job, the expectation for that um, as an answer to that prayer is the new job coming or you getting that offer letter from whatever company you apply to. But that is that eventual offer letter is not the time God answered the prayer. God answered the prayer at the time of you praying because if we look at where we just read in 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15, it says that, again, let me just go back and read it because I want, I want to show you something really um, powerful that will help your prayer. It says, um, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have desired of him. So the very instance, instance you are praying is the same instance that God gives you the answer. But the manifestation we are expecting doesn't always come at the moment of us praying. 
right? That's because, again, back to my example of someone looking for a job, the manifestation you're expecting is an, is an offer letter or you checking your email to see that, congratulations, you have gotten this role, right? That is what we're expecting. But the way God answers our prayers first is what Philippians 4 verse 7 tells us. So I want us to go back to Philippians 4. I'll read verse 6 and then verse 7 again. It says, be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So if your request is made known to God, the next thing you're expecting to from God is an answer, right? To whatever request it is. So let's look at the way God answers. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So God is saying that when you make a request, the first way he answers your, your um, prayer is by releasing peace into your heart. And that is super important because the external manifestation, like in this, my example now, the um, uh, what's it called the offer letter might not come at the moment you're praying, all right? But the peace that guarantees that offer letter would come. And that peace in your heart is equivalent to the answer to your prayer. And that's why you many times for us, when you're interceding, especially for a particular thing, or you're just praying the prayer of supplication to God, um, you the, the, the moment you know your prayer has been answered is the moment you, you feel peace about that particular thing. You feel a sense of peace in your heart concerning that matter. Then you know your prayer has been answered because that is actually the first way God answers our prayers. He does answer our prayers by first releasing peace concerning that thing we are requesting. So the external manifestation might come, take some days or weeks or months or whatever, but the answer itself has come first and foremost in this in the in the form of peace. All right. Now, having said that, look at what Paul says also that this same peace is a peace that surpasses understanding, is a peace that transcends understanding, is a peace that um, you really cannot explain why you are at peace, but you cannot deny the fact that you are at peace. So imagine someone, again, who's praying for a job and you pray, you pray, you pray, and all of a sudden in a, in a place of prayer, you feel peace in your heart concerning that matter. Um, but the offer letter hasn't come yet. In fact, from that place, all you just do is you are thanking God and you are rejoicing and celebrating, you know, what God has done that your spirit bears witness to. But the offer letter hasn't entered your email yet. Maybe that doesn't even enter till the next um, one month or two months. But the Bible says that this peace surpasses all understanding. And the reason is because there's no logical, um, there's no logical explanation to why you are at peace. So it is beyond your understanding. It's beyond what your mind can explain. And then he says that this same peace is what will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. And this is a very important thing I also want to mention on this introductory note, that the peace of God you experience in your heart is it's what will guard your heart. The word guard there is a military term. So think of, um, think of a soldier guarding a, a secure facility, for instance, or guarding a door that's, you know, maybe the present office. Think of the soldier that's standing in front of that door. The purpose of the soldier is um, standing by that door is to protect the president or protect that room that the president is in from anything unwanted to come in, um, any attack or whatever it is also to filter the kind of things that would come in or not. So if you go to a, let's say go to the president, 
before you go to see him, the guards will scan you. I mean, I haven't gone to the president before, but I'm assuming this is what will happen. Um, the guards will scan you, make sure that there's nothing illegal you are coming in with, no weapons, no poison or anything like that. And then the guards will do that so that what is going into the, the president's office has been filtered and has been vetted. The Bible says that that is what the peace of God will do to your heart. It will guard your heart. So remember, the Bible says we should guard our heart with all diligence, right? One of the ways God helps us achieve that is by releasing his peace into our heart. Because again, back to my example of the person looking for a job, at that moment where the person is praying, you know, for a job, um, it hasn't come yet, but the, person has, the, the job hasn't materialized fiscally, but the person has received the answer of peace in his heart. What that peace does is not just to make the person feel excited, but also to keep the person's heart from the, the um, arrow of fear or anxiety that the enemy would try to bring the next day. So let's say, for instance, the person applied to like three place, um, three uh, companies, and then he prays today and says, Lord, I, I, I'm trusting for this job. And in the place of prayer, gets an answer of peace. That peace will protect his heart from what might come tomorrow because one of the companies might just send a rejection email and say, you know what, we're really sorry, though your, your application was fantastic, um, the interviewers enjoyed your, your session, but unfortunately we can't give you this job. And the person's heart can sink. But you know what the peace of God does? It keeps the heart afloat because the peace is the guarantee of the answer. So when the enemy comes with fear or anxiety, the peace will stand as that guard to say, God has already given, given you the answer, so fear can no longer come into your heart. All right, and this is really important because there is so much going on in the world, and if not even personally, just looking around what's going on um, in the country around the globe, it is um, it can be depressing. And if the peace of God doesn't guard your heart, you find yourself in situations that you you, you wouldn't expect or you don't um, you don't you don't desire. All right, so that is what the peace of God does. All right, and, and this is our introductory scripture. Um, to us. So the question now is then, what does peace mean to you? And I really want to hear our answers. What does peace mean to you? But before we, we begin to give our answers, please be thinking of your answer. I would love to hear as many answers as we, as we can. Just what does peace really mean to you as a person, as an individual? What does peace mean to you? You don't have to have a, the accurate definition of peace. I'm saying to you, personalize it to you, Chioma, to you, uh, Idara, what does peace mean um, to you as a person, all right? But before we read that, let me, before we, I mean, take uh, comments, let me read another passage of scripture for our introduction. So Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The book of Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Um, a popular passage of scripture, let me just read it out for us. It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, meaning the kingdom of God is not about food. So the question is, what is the kingdom of God about? Then it says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but it is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So of these three things, what I want to highlight here is peace. That means Peace is a guaranteed and expected experience of everybody in God's kingdom. It is not an experience that should come once in a while. 
it's not an experience that should come when things are going as planned or when everything works the way you want to. It's an experience that should be your consistent um, um, nature, should be your norm, all right? And that's what the kingdom of God is about. Righteousness, peace, and then joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay, so my question to us now then is, what does peace mean to you as an individual now, personally? What does peace mean to you? All right, so I'm taking responses from those of us on Zoom and also from those of us on Mixella. Kindly just text in your, type in your, um, your responses. Please, what does peace mean to you? Anybody can go ahead. Don't forget to unmute your mic if you're speaking on Zoom. What does peace mean to you? Yep. Okay, let me start with to me. To me, do you want to help us and just tell us what does peace really mean to you as a person? Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, good evening. Um, so peace means, okay, peace is like a feeling that comes with joy. I don't know, based on my experience of experiencing God's peace, there is this happiness, there is this joy in me. Okay, sorry, before you continue to me, your voice is a bit faint. Could you be more audible, please, so that those on oh, Mixella okay. can also hear you? Okay, is it better now? I believe so, yeah. Okay, so I was saying that peace for me, based on my experience of ex my um sorry based on my experience yeah mm -hmm. of experiencing what am i even saying based on the experience of experiencing <laughs> god's peace fine go ahead yeah yeah so um it comes with joy for me peace comes with joy like i'll just be happy about that particular situation for no reason in particular i'll just be happy so it comes with joy for me although peace also does or it does not mean the absence of conflict like okay my mind might still be worrying about one thing or the other maybe if something goes wrong somewhere about that same particular thing but at the same time, even when I pray about it, that, okay, why is this thing happening when I've already experienced peace about this? I still get that affirmation from God that don't worry. It's still, it's still meant to be. So it, I still, I still like um, have that comfort in me. I still have that peace in me that, okay, everything is still going to work together. Even though this thing is happening now, at the end, it's going to pay off. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So there's something you said, one, peace comes with joy, right? Meaning when you um, are experiencing peace in your heart, there's just also that feeling of joy. And also, um, one more thing I highlighted is that it doesn't necessarily mean the absence of problem, right? Um, yes. Yeah, but just that confidence. Conflict, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much for that to me. All right. Someone else wants to help us um, on Zoom. Okay, let me read out before we have the next volunteer on Zoom. Let me read out what we have on Mixellar. Um, Joyce says on Mixellar that for me, it is the absence of agitation, panic, or fear concerning an issue that had previously troubled me. This is even when that issue hasn't been resolved. 
Fantastic. So let me take that again. It says, for me, it is the absence of agitation, panic, or fear concerning an issue that had previously troubled me. So you had something will trouble you before, but then it's no longer there. And then um, that's that feeling of agitation is no longer there. I says this is even when that issue has hasn't hasn't been resolved yet. Thank you very much, Joy. Um, Idara says on Mixeller that um, peace means calmness, total absence of worry on a particular matter. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Idara. Thank you so much. Okay, someone else on Zoom wants to share what does peace mean to you um, as an individual? Hi, Shema. Were you saying something? Okay. Yeah, so peace, peace to me, peace means rest. So um, would I say um, surrender, basically, so um, worrying about something and then just panicking about it and then and then the peace of God comes through, basically, just going to God about particular thing, beginning his word. I just find, like, rest, basically, and, like, total surrender. Mm. And then I don't even get to worry about it. The problem is still there, but now I'm like, I'm not even bothered anymore. I know that somebody, like, they have power speaking, that's Jesus, God has taken over. And then peace just comes from, to me, comes from reading the word of God. It comes from knowing who God is. So at times when I'm really worried about the situation, I just go to remind myself who God is. I can, I can listen to songs that, that, that um, show how great God is. I can read the Bible passages that, that explain how great and how big God is. And that's like, if, if God is on this matter, I think God has said it on this particular issue. And I don't even need to worry. Even if he doesn't give it to me now, he's going mm -hmm. to give it to me whenever he feels I need it the most. And then I just, I don't forget about it, but I just stop worrying. I just rest. Basically. I just, I'm just okay. Just fine. On as in, and at times you can come with joy, but not every time. At times you can come with indifference. So you're no longer particular about that situation or that person. You're just indifferent. Really. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you very much. So you said you also mentioned um, something that to me mentioned, which is the fact that. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean the problem is no longer there, um, you know, but you're just confident about God's ability in that issue. Then you, you mentioned also that, um, yes, rest. I wanted to emphasize on that. You mentioned rest, just that assurance and, you know, calmness that comes from a revelation, which is what I got from what you said, um, that when you go back to study God's word or just to look at how great God is, there's an assurance that comes and then that brings rest. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, I will take one more person. I am really excited. I want today's, today's conversation, today's Bible study to really be a conversation. And also, I want to hear from a lot of us. So I'm going to take one more person from on Zoom or Mixer or anyone. Um, anyone wants to share what does peace mean to you as a person? What does peace mean to you? Is it the presence of money in your accounts, or does it does that bring peace actually? Um, if I do lapo, I am inclined to calling you. Joe, do you want to share with us what peace means to you? What does peace mean to you as a person? 
um, from any of your past experiences, what does peace mean to you? Hi, um, yeah. peace for me is it's sort of like an assurance mm. that I get mostly I get it after I've prayed about something and I, I don't I don't know if it's a gift or it's and most of the time when I do the opposite, when I pray about something and I still try to do it by myself or try to find ways to do it, usually I usually don't get testimonies mm. or results. But from my personal experience, times when I have prayed and gotten to a point where I feel this, it feels like I've gotten an answer, even though I haven't seen the results or I haven't seen the outcome but I just know that it's sorted and I move on from it and usually results in testimony for me so uh, to me that's peace just when I get to a point where I yeah feel mm -hmm. feel that it's done that's peace to me not like it's not like the problem magically disappears like everyone has said I know that it's still there but I'm just there's just this calm in my heart about it and no matter how big the issue might be or tough the situation might be I just get to this place where it doesn't bug me anymore mm. and I'm not looking to find solutions myself Self, or I'm not looking to just sort it out on my own because I mean that would be foolish of me so yeah that's peace for me thank you thank you very much um there's a word you use which is assurance uh, I just want to highlight that again um thank you very much for that assurance that comes you know from prayer like you said um and then knowing that God will sort it out even if physically it hasn't yet been sorted out Fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for your um, contributions. This has really helped us greatly. So what I want to do just with a few, few more minutes, right, is um, just to establish from the scripture that God wants us to have peace, all right? And while it is something we can assume that, we, oh, of course, we should know it, but um, it will interest you to know that many times, especially when there are consistent um, attacks of anxiety or when we are when we consistently go through experiences that that affect our peace it is easy to come up with a theology that says well maybe peace is just once in a while um, it's just like someone who has lived with a pain for so long the person would define his own existence or experience based on that pain that he has so if the person wants to tell talk to another talk to a young child for instance the person's um, communication would sound, sound something like, you will always have pain, but there'll be those moments of ease. Cherish those moments of ease because pain is constant. Now, it might sound like a wise and intelligent thing, but it's, it's simply a philosophy that stems from the person's experience, not necessarily um, from what is the truth. And that's also the way a lot of times people define um, or share their definition of life. You know, when someone has gone through perpetual anxiety, 
right? The person might end up believing that it is impossible to live without anxiety. And so the person might have an, a, an ideology that says anxiety is constant, peace is once in a while. But I just want to show us from scripture how that God's, God's uh, plan for us and God's promise for us is to live peaceful lives, so to live lives full of peace. And then we'll see how God intends to achieve that in our lives. So I'll just do that within the next few minutes and um, let's see how God helps us. Okay, so first is, let us read John chapter 14, verse 27. And also at the end of this, I would attempt to give us a definition that you know covers most of all we've already talked about. So John chapter... Um, chapter 14, verse 27. John chapter 14, verse 27. The gospel of John chapter 14, verse 27. If you're there, you can please go ahead and read um, for us. John chapter 14, verse 27. Okay, let me read this. It says... <clears throat> Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Now, this is Jesus Christ speaking. And just for context, right, he was about leaving. Now, before we continue, Jesus Christ was preparing his disciples for his departure. And he was saying several things from verse um, 14 down to, to 17, you know, about his, his departure, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and he prayed for them in chapter 17. But then he says something here that... Um, Peace I leave with you. It says, my peace I give unto you. So imagine somebody was, let's assume your friend had come to stay. Let's say you had a friend that stays in America, for instance, but decided to come to stay with you for, um, for three years, for instance. And the person, you enjoyed this person's company. Um, you were just so amazed. I mean, you had had so much fun. And then the person tells you, that, okay, I'm leaving you right now, but... I want you to remind, I want you to remember me with something. So the person takes off, let's say a particular jacket that is really nice and, see, and gives it to you. And, you know, you hold dear to it because you're not going to see this person in a long while. And that jacket would remind you of the person's presence. So all the memories, everything you know about this person, that jacket would remind you of it. All right. So Jesus Christ was saying to them that, I'm leaving you now. I want you to remember me with something and I want to leave something precious with you because I love you. You've worked with me for so long. I want to leave something with you. And what did he leave? He left his peace with them. Okay. Now look at what he says. Continue verse 27. He says, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Then he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus here, first of all, you know, again, back to my example of your friend leaving. Among all the things that Jesus Christ could leave with the disciples, um, he decided to leave something intentional. And that is to show you his, his desire for all of us to have it and the importance for all of us to have it. And what did he leave? He left his peace with us. And he went on to say that this peace I'm leaving with you is um, not the way the world would leave peace. Meaning there's a way the world gives peace and then there's a way the, there's a way jesus gives his own peace and most of us have already alluded to this fact alone um again, again rather and it's the fact that the way the world gives peace is based on circumstances meaning that i have 
I've gotten the new job I want. I've, I've bought my car. I have financial security. Um, I bought my car. So I'm at peace. I'm living in a very secure neighborhood, in a very secure city. Then peace will come from that. That is the way the world gives peace. So the definition of peace for, for from the world's perspective is the absence of problem or the absence of um, chaos or absence of um, whatever would have made you uneasy. But that's not the way Jesus gives peace. And the problem with the way the world gives peace is that there is no such utopic scenario. Even when everything on the outside looks great, there's still the condition of the heart that you cannot, you cannot impress with external things, okay? So if the peace doesn't come from the heart, nothing from outside can secure what is on the inside, all right? And this is where Jesus's peace is different that Jesus doesn't give peace based on circumstances. He gives peace based on his person, his spirit. He imparts it into our hearts and, and his peace, instead of having an outside to in, inside experience, as has an inside to outside experience. What I mean is that the peace of God works its way from our heart to our experiences. Whereas the world is saying, let the, let the experiences give the heart peace. Jesus is saying, let the, the peace from the heart influence the experiences on the outside. And that's why it's, um, just Christ said, I'm not giving you peace the same way the world gives peace. I'm giving you peace um, differently. All right. So that is John chapter 14, verse 27. Okay. Now look at um, the same gospel of John. Let's just go two chapters after. So John chapter 16 verse 33 John chapter 16 still the gospel of John chapter 16 verse 33 um it says again this was Jesus Christ speaking he says these things have i spoken unto you that in me you might have peace so Jesus Christ said a bunch of things to them and he said that the reason why i've told you these things is so that in me you would have peace and it is very powerful and important to note. It is not in the security of your job or in the security of finances or the security of a, of a human figure that we get peace. It's not even in the state of a nation, you know, whether economic or state of nation or, or whatever. It is not in the state of the nation that we draw our peace from. It is not even the security of a relationship, or whether a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or a wife. It is not in the security of any relationship that we, we get peace. Peace is gotten in Jesus Christ. And he said, these things have I spoken to you that you might, that in me, you might have peace. He goes on to say that in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He says, in the world, you have tribulation, but be of good, good care because I've overcome the world. I'm going to come to that, but I want to emphasize on that first part. It says, where it says that I've spoken these things so that in me, you would have peace. You know, the moment we take our eyes off Jesus, it doesn't matter how minute the, the trouble is or how big the trouble is. We would, we would always be in chaos. We will have experienced anxiety and fear and worry. And consequently, no matter how huge the chaos is as long as our eyes are on jesus christ we would always have peace and a very good analogy is join an example from when peter um, walked on water the bible says that the moment 
Peter began to look at the waves and the, and the storm, he began to sink. It was the same water that Jesus Christ was walking on, right? But Jesus Christ didn't sink. But the moment Peter took his eyes off Jesus Christ, meaning took his focus off Jesus Christ and began to look at um, the storm, then he began to sink. And that's a perfect analogy of what really happens to us. That really is not the size of the storm that is the problem. It is the direction of our focus. And that's why Jesus Christ said, it is in me you will have peace. So the moment you take your eyes off Jesus Christ, anything can take you off balance. Anything can cause you to worry. And, you know, science is good. Um, therapy is great. I believe in psychologists and um, psychiatrists. I believe in uh, mental health, you know, experts and, and all of that. That's fantastic. And they have their place. But if a person has not found Jesus, it is impossible for the person to experience lasting peace. Let me say it again. If somebody hasn't found Jesus, it is impossible for the person to experience lasting peace. They may not tell you what they are going through, or they may not be able to um, own up to certain experiences, but there's just a limit to which therapy can go, all right? If it's a natural cause, um, so someone has like post-traumatic um, syndrome or whatever it is, um, yes, medicine can, therapy can help and assist with that. But if Jesus Christ is not the focus, it is impossible to find lasting peace because the peace that the heart seeks can only be supplied by Jesus Christ. All right. So it says these things I have spoken to you that in me, in, in me, you might have peace. Now, second thing I want to bring out from that first phrase is that note what Jesus Christ said. He says, these things I have spoken to you so that you have peace, meaning that peace also was going to come as a result of the formation or the revelation that Jesus Christ had made available to them. And this is the next layer that I, I want to just highlight, that even while we are in Christ as Christians now, our, our consistent experience of peace is hinged on a revelation. So if there's any particular area, and you can do the test yourself, if there's any particular area that you are worried about, check it. It is in the area that you are deficient in revelation um deficient in revelation you know what i'm saying so if i'm worried for instance about my health i'm always worried that i have anxiety about my health when I, I i read the watch the news or i read things online about health my i begin to fear and say oh hope i'm not going to have this disease if that is my experience it is because i haven't gotten a solid revelation about my health about my health and my healing from god but the moment I get the revelation from God concerning my, my health, all of a sudden, I will not be afraid. Even if my, my, next, my next door neighbor or my colleague at work has a contagious disease, I wouldn't be afraid. I wouldn't be worried because there's a revelation that has guaranteed my exemption from that experience. So, and this is what I, I, I forgot who mentioned. Now, I think it was Chioma that mentioned it, that when she feels anxiety or feels worried, she just goes back to, read the word of God to know, to remind herself of, of how great God is. And that's the power of revelation. That once you walk in the consciousness of a revelation about God or whatever that matter is, then the grip of fear or worry, or anxiety or unease automatically loses and you experience peace. So our experience of peace is also hinged on our knowledge of God. All right. Let me read a passage of scripture for us. Second Peter chapter, chapter one, verse two. 
Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. All right. It says that grace and peace be multiplied unto you. So in this, before I continue, right, it already tells us that it's possible for grace and peace to be multiplied, meaning that someone can have a greater measure of grace or a greater measure of peace than another, than another person. That means someone can have a times, times 10 measure of peace than what someone else already has. And what that tells us is that grace, um, grace and peace can be multiplied. But since we're talking about peace, I'll just zero in on that. And it's, what that tells us is that the amount of peace you're experiencing in your life right now can be multiplied. Have you ever heard some people's testimony and you wonder how they did not lose their mind in the midst of it? You hear someone share their testimony of so many things that they went through and you're wondering how this person, and maybe you were seeing, while the person was going through these experiences, you probably interacted with the person a couple of times, but it never occurred to you that they were going through a lot, right? They were so much at peace and you ask yourself how, and if you're honest with yourself, you know that if I, if I go through all this, I, I would, I probably would just lose it, you know? But what is it that, how come that other person can go through it and still be at peace? It's because peace can, can be increased. Peace can be multiplied. And so um, Apostle Peter rather says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. So if, you, if you're like me, the question you'll be asking now is how can it be multiplied? And look at what it says. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the increase in the knowledge of God will result in, the, in an increase in peace, in the, in the experience of peace. An increase in the knowledge of God, an increase in the revelation of God would result in an increase in peace. And this is what, what Jesus Christ was saying to his disciples, that I have told you all these things so that in me, you would have peace. Meaning that there are things Jesus will tell you that will give you peace in him. There are things Jesus will tell you now that even if you lose your job or even if there's, um, there's, there's another lockdown, you know, God forbid, or, or even if everybody in your company is, is afraid of their job or whatever it is, you would not be afraid because of what Jesus has shown you from his word. All right. So it is God's will for us to experience peace. And the way he does that is what we're just looking at through the um, knowledge of, of um, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the revelation that we have. Um, of him okay so um all right let's go back to john chapter 16 john chapter 16 verse one verse 33 all right so i just emphasize the first part that says these things have i spoken unto you that in me you might have peace now the next part says in this world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world so you know just in case anybody was going to doubt Jesus Christ cleared our doubts and says that, says that as long as you are in this world, there'll be tribulation, there'll be problems, there'll be trouble. And this is again why the peace, the peace we experience cannot be like the peace of the world or that, like the peace the world gives. Because as long as you are in this world, there'll be troubles, meaning there'll be enough reasons to worry. All right. If it's not insecurity today, it might be financial crisis tomorrow. If not, it might be medical outbreak of you know disease or whatever it might just be anything i mean even if you say okay you, you want to go to a country that is prosperous what we do now do in cases where like what we had you know when we had covid lockdown all the whole world felt it 
So if you were running to another country just because you've thought, oh, your, your, your base country is not, you know, peaceful or conducive enough, you go to another country and then the whole world is affected. Where do you want to run to from the world, you know? So we cannot base our peace on external circumstances. And that's why Jesus Christ said, in this world, you will have troubles. There will always be challenges. There will always be external reasons to worry. But he says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And this is so good news, such um, amazing news for us as believers, because, you know, when we read in Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything, meaning that there are certain things that will want to cause um, anxiety in your heart. But the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, all right? Now, that very thing that could have made you anxious Jesus Christ is saying, be of good cheer, for I have overcome it. So I ask you today again, what is that thing that is making you worry right now? Uh, you might say, well, um, I don't have enough money. Jesus Christ said, I've overcome, overcome lack. You say, well, um, I'm praying for a loved one that is sick and I'm worried. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have anxiety that a person might not be healed. Jesus Christ is saying, I have overcome sickness. Oh, we are praying. You are, you're feeling what anxiety because maybe it's just started a business and you don't know if you succeed or not. Jesus Christ says, I've overcome that. There is nothing that you give as an excuse for anxiety that Jesus Christ has not overcome. Jesus Christ said, be of good shape for I have overcome the world. So any experience that we, we could have had in this world that would result in anxiety, the Bible says that, or Jesus Christ himself says that, I've over, I've already overcome it. And this is why revelation is so powerful because revelation shows us the victory that Jesus Christ has over that circumstance and that erases any need to be afraid or to be fearful or you know to be in anxiety. All right? So Jesus Christ says be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And let me just emphasize again. Maybe you're going through an experience right now. Maybe there's something going on um, in your life that, you know, is causing you to worry. Maybe there's, this, it might even just be uncertainty about the future. Jesus Christ is saying, I have overcome it. Whatever you're trying to be anxious about, I have already overcome it. I have already overcome it. So be of good cheer. Okay. So um, this shows us the, the um, will of God for us. You know, Jesus Christ said, I leave my peace with you, meaning that he wants us to have peace. He, it is his desire for us to have peace and not just peace when things are going well, but peace in every circumstance, just like we already shared, you know, that is not the absence of the problem that brings the peace. It is the consciousness of something else that results in peace. Okay. All right. Now, having said this, let me try and give my own, just a, a definition I, I try to extract um, from the scriptures that we have read. Um, what what is peace? And this is, of course, you can define peace in various ways, all right? So I just want to give um, and, and, and give what's called an, a definition, yes. I want to extract a definition for us. So my definition of peace here is, I said, peace is the experience of rest, confidence, and tranquility that comes from our union with Christ and the revelation of our victory in him. Let me take that again. Peace is the experience of rest and rest, confidence, and tranquility that comes from our union with Christ and our revelation of 
and the revelation of our victory in him. So peace is that feeling of rest. And there are several words, um, adjectives we've used to describe this. We've used assurance, we've used rest, we've used calmness, and we're all saying the same thing, all right? So peace is that experience of rest. And it's very interesting that the first, one of the first things Jesus does for you when you come to him is that he gives you rest. Um, Matthew 11 verse, uh, I believe verse 23 or so, um, says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke um, for my body, for my, take my yoke upon yourself, for my yoke is easier, my body is light. Then he says, you shall find rest unto your souls. So one of the first things Jesus Christ does is he gives you rest, and that's that experience of peace. And that's why when you hear several testimonies of people who um, just give their life to Christ, one of the things they one of the ways they describe their experience is that they were just there was just this peace in their heart. They couldn't tell why. It's not as if the money in their bank account suddenly increased or anything externally changed, but that just the presence of Jesus Christ in their life brought about peace. So peace is that experience of rest, of confidence that you know something would happen because. You are, God has implanted in your heart. So you are praying for maybe healing for a loved one. You are confident that the person will be healed because of that experience of peace, all right? And then also tranquility, which is calmness, you know, and that's, it comes from our union with Christ. A very powerful way to think of peace is union with Christ, meaning that not just union as a theological fact, but union as an experience, meaning that every time, you are in union with Christ in your experience. I know that because we are, we are now believers, we are one with Christ, and that is correct. That's what the Bible says, that whoever is joined with Christ is, is one spirit. That's great. But practically, there are times when we, we are in our fellowship, we are not in union with Christ, all right? So as an established fact, we are in union with Christ, but in terms of our active fellowship, there's a disconnect somewhere. And that is, it is usually in those moments that we don't experience the peace of God. So once we are in union, in our fellowship with God, we, you find out that you experience your greatest amount of peace, your greatest measure of peace when you are in that union. And practically, this is what I mean. Haven't you noticed that whenever you spend time praying, you spend time fellowshipping with God, you know, um, you're just filled with so much peace and joy and you're just so excited. Everything just it seems okay. If someone comes and tells you, oh, there's no money in your bank account, bank account, it really wouldn't bother you because at that moment, your, your active fellowship with God is, is in alignment, right? You're in union with Christ actively through fellowship. And because of that union, who Jesus is has spread into your heart. Do you get what I'm saying? But if, for instance, you don't spend time praying with God and spend time fellowshipping for, let's say, two weeks, and you, and you keep on going after some time. You don't need to, need to wait that long. After some days, you'll notice that a little trigger would cause anxiety in your heart. So you just become worried. Um, somebody maybe just gives reads a statistics and says, oh, do you know that unemployment is um, predicted to rise by 15% in the next one year? That means um, 700,000 people will be out of jobs. They did not mention your name. They did not mention your profession. They did not mention your industry. All of a sudden, you just begin to feel anxious and say, hey, does that mean I will lose my job? Does that mean in the next one year I will not have a job? Hey, God, how will I feed? How will I feed? How will I pay my children's school fees? How am I going to pay my house rent? And you just spiral down that route. 
if somebody comes and asks you, why are you feeling anxious? Your answer will be that, oh, because I, I'm afraid I'll lose my job and you know unemployment is about to increase. But the real reason why you are that anxious or why you're feeling anxiety is because you've gone out of touch of fellowship with God. So when I say union, I'm not just talking about our established union because we are Christians. I'm talking about even the active um, experience of union that comes through fellowship, all right? So um, I said, yeah, peace is that experience of rest, confidence, and tranquility that comes from our union with Christ and the revelation of our victory. And I, I think I've already um, highlighted and emphasized this, so I wouldn't spend more time on it. Um, but just knowing that, being aware that once you have a revelation of God's victory in any particular area, it is difficult for you to lose your peace concerning that area. It is very difficult, very, very difficult. And think about it, the areas that you worry about the most are likely the areas that you don't have as much revelation um, about. So what that already suggests to you what you should do, spend time finding out what God says concerning that, that area, all right? You know, and, and this thing of peace is, um, is super important, you know, super, super important because, you know, when, it, when, a, when a generation now that mental health, the mental health awareness is on the increase and it's superb, it's fantastic. Uh, when generation where we are now becoming more aware of our um, caring for ourselves, all right? But there's one possible problem that could come from this. And it could be the fact that people might try to achieve a state of peace um, through every external means aside Christ. And this is where, as believers, we have to be conscious that there is no peace without Jesus Christ. There's no peace that will, that will, that will last if it doesn't come from Christ Jesus. So while, yes, there are things on the outside, and, and we're going to have a, maybe next week, or I am not promised now, either next week or the week after that, we'll talk about things that, that um, affect our peace. That's physical, practical things. So I'm not trying to dissociate this Bible study from our daily experience. What I'm trying to establish is the foundation of our experience of peace, all right? So you, somebody might say, oh, I'm getting anxiety because I, I live in a very busy city. You might now relocate and move to a city that is more calm, but after some time, the anxiety might still be there, right? And that's because you're trying to solve it externally. So what I'm saying is, let us so settle it from the inside, and then it's easy to cut off the branches on the outside, you know, if you want to uh, um, destroy a tree, best thing to do is to take it out from the roots and then it will be easy to just cut off the branches. So that's what I want to do, um, yeah, over this, because of this Bible study. And like I was saying, the study of peace is super important because everything we do, um, the, the impact of what we do would be determined by the state of our hearts, you know, and Someone might be, might, two people might have the same external actions, but one person is taking an action from the place of rest and peace while the other person is taking actions from the place of fear. In fact, two people might be saving money, and, but their motives and inspiration are totally different. One is saving money because like, like they, they've taught us, and I, I don't know where this ever came from, but they've taught us to save money for the rainy day. So the person is saving money because how you don't know you don't know when you'll be sick or hmm, that don't, you know, some kind of sickness is HMO cannot cover it. So don't be saving money so that when you are sick, you have money to pay or you don't know which the day accident will happen. Maybe your car like this or fire will just 
or in of your house and you don't know insurance, some things they don't cover. So just save money in case for emergency, for, um, for the rainy day. And that may sound like a good logical advice, but the trigger for that action is fear and anxiety. And if you do things from fear and anxiety, the Bible say, you know, Job was saying, that which I greatly feared had come upon me. All, eventually, what you're afraid of would eventually come because fear attracts its kind. But then the other person might be saving money, but he's saving it from a, piece, from a place of rest and assurance. And he's saving money because, oh, I want to take, you know, major business um, steps in the next one or two years. So I need to save up money for that. Or I want to be able to um, have money to, you know, just to do help people or do other things. The motivation is different. Is it possible that the person might have um, an emergency? Yes, but the inspiration for saving money is separate, all right? So the state of the heart is different, and this is super important. So that our activities can be sponsored from a place of rest and peace, and then not anxiety, all right? Okay, so um, we're going to stop here, and I we're going to end with one question that I'm going to ask us. Um, but before we I, I ask us the question, or no, let me ask us the question while we're trying to come up with an answer. So practically, right, my question is this to us. What are those things that affect your peace as an individual, as an individual that you probably have noticed over time? What are some of the things that affect your peace as an individual? All right. So I'd love to hear our responses and... Um, we would end it on that note. But while we are taking responses from that, you can drop your response in the chat, um, especially for those of us in mix on MixLR. What are some of those things that affect your peace? Um, yeah, let us know. But just to say that next week, we're now going to look at, um, we want to look at, look at how we can sustain the peace of God in our hearts. And then of course, we'll definitely address um, most of these things that we'll, we're going to mention now, things that affect our peace. And you know all of that, so we'll do that next week. But I wanted us—I just wanted to establish a foundation for us today um, by showing us number one that is God's desire for us to live in perfect peace, um, and not just once in a while, but every single time. Then also, um, just to show us, yeah, establish again how Jesus Christ wants us to experience that peace. Okay, so yeah, I'm 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 listening to us. What are some of the things that affect our peace that you've noticed? Um, in your own life that if, if this thing happens, it affects my peace or if something else happens, it affects my peace. Somebody should talk to me. What is that thing? Um, Mrs. Agape, are you saying something? We can't hear you. Okay, no, okay. Um, yes, someone wants to help us. What is something that affects your peace? Okay, Joy says on Mixeller here that as a business person, unstable finances largely stresses me out, hoping for the next contract here and there. Yeah, that's very practical. I can imagine that. So as a business person, unstable finances largely stresses me out. You know, hoping, sorry, hoping from one, sorry, hoping for the next contract here, here and there. Okay, that's that's joy. So who else wants to share what what affects what's something that affects your peace? Maybe something you've noticed over time that triggers you know anxiety or fear or worry um, in your life. What's what what is that thing? 
Um, someone speaking, we can't hear I'll you. Say, I'll say um, help my, 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 my family help. If anytime somebody is in my house, uh, probably there's no money and everything, it just triggers my peace. And then I'll say um, money as well, finances. When you don't have money, you just be angry for no reason. You just be very, very angry. And like, because you're like, ah, I know if, if there's money, maybe the health sells and stuff can get better. And then there's no money now, like it's pressing. Those be, at times you'll be feeling very hopeless and very angry. At times you're angry at God. But then you now remember that, ah, you cannot be angry at God. You cannot be angry at God. You now try to not be angry again. So I guess that's basically what affects my people. Thank you. Thank you. Finances and health. And health, yeah, finances and health. And I think that's really, it will be the same for many of us as well, um, finances and health. Thank you very much. All right, someone else wants to share what is that thing that typically affects your peace or that can trigger, you know, anxiety in your heart or worry or fear? Yeah, okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I love to get things. I, I love to plan before getting things done. I love to um, realize, say, visualize, or make, um, if I use the word speculation now, and so that it helps me plan. So what makes me, will I say, unhappy or get to be jetty and all is when what I have arranged and planned <laughs> does not work according to the blueprint or something. Of course, there may be slight changes here and there, but when it doesn't just work. Okay, so practical example, I finished um, my secondary school in 2006. So ideally, I'm supposed to enter university that same year, like September, October, so according to, but that did not work that time. So that was enough frustration for me mm. until like three years later. So that did not make me the same thing with NYSC. I finished and one flimsy, many thanks to Nigeria University, one reason or the other. So that kind of prolong, not working according to plan and all, or when I do a project, then in the university again, I did uh, my project, you know, these supervisors that we correct a billion times. <laughs> so all of that, just, I'm like, I have time for everything. If it doesn't work according to the plan or according to the time I fix for it, it gets me, makes me anxious or let's say anxiety comes up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And that's very true. You know, especially for people who are, you know, there are people who are very, very planned. Um, like people who want, not just even plan in terms of time, but even, arranged or sorry being organized in their physical environment once things go off balance or off course it can trigger anxiety or worry or fear in people's hearts okay fantastic thanks for sharing um one more person before we we wrap this up what is the one thing that triggers you know um that makes you that affects your peace um as an individual i'm trying to note some of these things down Someone else is saying something. Um, for those of us on Mixer, don't forget you can type in your comments. You can type in your comments and we will read it. Okay, nobody, nobody, nobody. 
Okay, I am one thing, you know, just based on the last um, contribution, um, I think also for me, if I have, if I have to make a presentation or I have to report, you know, say I have to report to my manager at work or do a presentation for um, a number of people and I'm not, I don't have all my data right, I, I'm not, I won't finish putting my slides, or organizing my thoughts, it can get me, like it takes me off balance from time to time. Um, and yeah, and you know, the reason why I, I asked us to mention this is because we'll, as we'll see next week, one of the physical steps to, to regaining your peace is identifying what is causing it. You know, for some people, it might even just be hormonal changes, especially in ladies, all right, or, or whatever it is. It might even be a side effect of a particular medication you are taking. Um, but just identifying what is causing you to feel and feel anxious is usually very helpful at, from a fiscal standpoint. Now, um, spiritually, of course, that's how we would address things. But also on a fiscal fiscal note, once you are able to identify what is making you agitated, then it's easy for you to to um, solve it and then not let the devil take advantage of um, of your ignorance. Okay. All right. So we're going to stop here for today. Thank you very much everyone for joining us um god bless you but again we're we're looking at peace um we're studying um the peace of god shalom you know and they, they my desire is that by the end of this bible study would our peace level or our peace measure would increase we'll be operating on full tank of peace you know and not just um half tank or low tank all right okay thank you very much let's say a word of prayer Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for um, showing us from your word um, about your peace, the peace that you are giving to us, the peace you have given to us, not as the world gives, but, but you give us your own kind of peace. Um, Father, we declare in the name of Jesus Christ that we operate and we experience your peace. I pray for anyone right now who might be going through an experience that is affecting their peace. I We speak peace to their hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus Christ spoke peace to the storm, we declare peace into their hearts in the name of Jesus Christ over whatever is causing anxiety, fear, worry. We declare the peace of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that you come through for them in whatever situation, you know, that is a a reason for, for anxiety and worry in the name of Jesus Christ. And we also pray that you help us to um, follow the prescription of scripture that says we should not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we should make our request known to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to always resort to prayer um, whenever reasons for anxiety come up. Thank you, O oh Lord, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, just one, one quick thing before we go. Um, is there anyone here who is joining us? Sorry, who is joining us for the very first time? We would love to meet you and just say hi to you. So please, if this is your first time joining us, um, kindly let us know. Uh, just tell us your name and what city you're joining us from. If this is your first time, please let us know. Um, anyone like that, Mixellar or Zoom? First time, anyone? 
Yeah, so this is my first time joining. My Hi. name is Victoria. Did you say Victoria? Yes, please. Okay, okay. Hi, Victoria. What okay. city are you joining us from? Lagos. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. One last question. Who invited you or how did you find out about us? Okay, I was invited by Tumiche. Fantastic. Thank you, Tumiche, for inviting someone. And welcome, Victoria. Please let's say welcome to her in the um, chat. We hope you had a, a wonderful time, you know, um, wonderful, wonderful first time. Um, yeah, did. Yeah, thank God. Please, there's a link I just dropped in the chat now. Um, kindly just fill the link and we'll stay in touch with you. Um, it's just a very simple short form, less than 30 seconds, um, just for us to be able to keep in touch with you and get to meet you. Um, also, if there's anyone like that on Mixeller, please, I just dropped the link as well. Kindly feel it and um, would love to meet you. Okay, so we're going to meet next week, same time, that's 7 p.m. West African time, um, and also same links on Zoom and on MixLR, okay? All right, thank you very much, everyone. Do have a lovely evening or morning or afternoon, depending on where you are at currently, but have a lovely rest of your day. God bless you, and we shall see you next week. Bye, everyone.